Yeah, top of the morning to you all. Welcome along. Summer breakfast, everyone. SEN, the early hours of Wednesday morning. Great to have your company wherever you tuned in today. 11.70am in Sydney, 8.01am on the Sydney coast, 15.75am Illawarra, 90.3 FM in Griffith, 13.23 in Canberra, and of course across the globe by the SEN app. And a good morning as well to our fellow listeners in Queensland, north of the Tweed, tuning in via SEN Q693 in Bridge Vegas, 16.20 in the Goldie, and through the SEN track network uh, here for the first hour before we hospital pass you to Patton Heels. Good morning again. I'm Julian King. Network 10's Delisa Apps is alongside me. The open line number 1300 01 1170 and that text line 0457 736 736. Today on the program, Sydney FC coach Steve Corica will be along. They've had some back-to-back wins at the Sky Blues. Important for them as they make a tilt at finals football. Sydney King CEO Chris Pongrass will join us and Hammy Goodman from Sportsbet will be here as well. Uh, J.A., a very good morning to you. As I welcome you in, um, you had the green, sort of like an olive green on Monday, mm. a, a canary yellow affair yesterday. It's sort of, you know, a real Aussie flavour to your garb the first couple of days. And today you've sort of got a Buffalo Bill vibe. Hello. Oh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, Mine, minus hello. the red nose. Uh, like, yeah. The bubblegum nose. Well, someone actually did say I looked like the other day, what's that, you know that ice cream that you get in the tub and there's like a white, red. Oh, Neapolitan. Yeah, that yeah. one. Someone said I looked like that the other day because I'd been sunburned. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was very red on one arm mm. and then I was very pale and yeah, I'm just channeling ice cream. Either that or the old bubblegum paddle pop, sort of pink and it's probably more of a brown than like a dark purple. Yeah. I'm not saying look bad, I mean, delightful as always. Oh, thank you. Now, uh, you, you did you Uber it in again? I Ubered. Yeah. Yep. How long is the car in the shop? Feels like it's been there for an eternity. Yeah, I know. I think it's got another like week to go, but um, uh, another week. Yeah. What's wrong? Oh, I've just got to get airbags fixed. They didn't go off. I've just got to. Oh, is this one of these safety recall? No, things no. That it's three just years a, ago, and I thought I should probably do something about. You that probably then. should. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think anyone did. I'm very. No, I did absolutely. Oh, did you? Yeah, I care about my life. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I th- do you care about your car? Not as Are you much a car as my person? life. Not overly, no. No, I'm not either. No, like, no. I love the Camry. It just gets me everywhere. Actually, talking about cars, I heard there was a story about this L-plater in Adelaide that got busted going 250 k's an hour. 250 k's. Now, what, now, what's the limit for an L-plater? I mean, 80? Is it 80, I think? 70 or 80 for an uh, L-plater. I'm not sure. 250 k's. I'm impressed that he found a car that can go 2 bucks 50 Because Do my it? Nissan Tita would, you know, the minute you get to 100... On the M2, panels are flying off it. It's vibrating violently. I wouldn't know how to slow down from that. Uh, brakes, I find it. Yeah, are, but are I particularly reckon, helpful. But that's if where that, you get yourself just, into trouble. Yeah, or just sort of, you know, hang the garbage bag out the window, slow yeah. it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. That's like in The Sims. Commence braking procedure with a bus, and they've got to hang their jeans out the window to slow it down. But My Uber driver this morning was telling me about uh So I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this at this hour? And he said that I trade on the US stock market. And then he was teaching me how to. Probably got shares in Uber, this, yeah. this bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Wants to be a man of the people. He, uh, yeah, he had his laptop and was like, this is. While he's driving too. No, no, while, really he's not while he's well, driving. I hope he has functional airbags. That's not all while say. he was driving. Well, that's good to know. Now, you went to, you had the yellow one yesterday. Presumably you decorated yourself with a blue bow up so you could be in Parramatta Eels colours. You mm. went out to the training ground at Kellyville. Mitchell Moses in the news spoke at Eels training yesterday, uh, but a little bit coy about his future or, or is maybe non-committal is the right word. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was hammered with questions. While his team, it was quite an interesting scenario, actually, because he came up to do media and all of a sudden all his teammates came from everywhere. 
and they were kind of surrounding the pre- and I said, "Oh, Mitch, is there an announcement or something? Like, what are they waiting for?" And he said, "No, no, no announcement today." And then he was obviously peppered with questions about his future, which all of them was, "It's with my manager." It's with my manager. See, if you're a Parramatta fan, how do you feel emerging from that session and from what Moses has said? Uh, well, my feeling was that there was a very real risk of losing him mm. because, um, you know, there was nothing said about, well, we're, we're just working out the finer details here or anything like that. It very much, I, I mean, but, if the offer from the Tigers is said to be around 1.4, uh, I can't see how the Eels could possibly get anywhere close to that given who they've signed. But having said that, he said he has vowed, Mitchell Moses, that money will play second fiddle to his pursuit of a premiership as he prepares to make a call on, on his future and maybe before round one. If that's the case, if we're to believe that money is no issue and it'll go to where it can best win a premiership, is that with Parramatta or is that with the West Tigers? I mean, if that were, tr- were completely true, I think he probably would have already signed with the Eels. Okay. Because there was always a debate as to – because both of them were coming off contract at the same time. Dylan Brown has recommitted. And the question was, could they retain both their star halves? Look, I'm still leaning towards him remaining at Parramatta but I'm less sure than I was about five days ago. Well, I think that if it was only just about money as well, you would have done the Tigers deal by now. He obviously yeah. wants to stay at Parramatta. So it's he's just, flip-flopping, yeah. It's just whether they can actually get to that point. Prepared to take less but not be undercut at the same time. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number this morning and the open line number 1300 011170. You give us a call, the Motorola open line, and your chance to win a Signet Boost power bank valued at uh, 59.99. We'll round that up to 60, shall we? Uh, if you're a Parramatta fan, are you happy to see Mitch Moses go? Uh, what is, how much is too much? What are you prepared to pay for Moses to stay? And what are you prepared to say, no, that's too much, we'll let him go? Let us know on the text line 0457 736 736. Just before this sack of cricket news going on, before we get to that too, this is interesting, a scandal which uh, was only going to erode further the trust between the NRL and the Players Association. Peter Volandi is investigating allegations that the senior that senior NRL executives attempted to record a private meeting of players, as well as NRL boss Andrew Abdo. So this incident is alleged to have occurred last week. Up to 50 players and RLPA staff met Andrew Abdo. And the reports are that Justin Olam had spotted an executive allegedly trying to record the opening minutes of the meeting, clandestinely, mm. under the table. Mm. Now, Olinger, hang on, what's going on here? Yeah, why also, why can't it just be openly recorded? Like, surely if you're in a in a meeting where you're saying, oh, this is, you know, we're, we're all just fairly dealing here and we're just going to um, record this for our rec- for, for the record so that when, when we look back at stuff or when we're right, fine-tuning the details, we've got a record of it, I, I don't think there'd be any problem openly recording it. I don't know why you have to do it an underhanded... Well, you shouldn't recording. be able to. I mean, you can't record well, you people. Can't. It's illegal. Yeah. yeah. Surveillance Act, I think it's called. Um, you're not allowed to record people without their knowledge. But if that hasn't been agreed to, then this is a tremendous breach of trust. Mm. Tremendous breach of trust. I mean, it's been labelled, what, unethical and immoral. So mm. whatever divide between the two camps that seemingly was growing closer, you know, as I said, a glacial pace last week, well, I don't know if this is a setback in any way, shape or form. 0457-736-736. Nelson Asof Solomona, off contract at the end of this season, has told the City Morning Herald he would seriously consider representing the Wallaby should the opportunity arise. Yeah, who wouldn't in a World Cup year? 
Yeah, chance Sorry. to go travel. Big. No- well, this is the thing. I mean, like, Peter Volandis last week dis- dismissed the raid of rugby on rugby league. In fact, they had the, I think it was the Telegraph had their, their anonymous coaches poll, and none of them took it seriously. The threat of rugby union. Will Pinasini's recommitted to rugby league. You know, you know, Sue Ali and a handful of others would certainly be in the sights of Eddie Jones. If they miss out on Pinasini. Let's go for Big Nelson. Do you think it'll happen? No. You don't think it'll happen? No. Yeah. Maybe he's just saying that. This is what happens, right? Oh, I might go to rugby. It's funny. I, look, it's she, funny she, how I, all of a sudden these offers are on the table a year out when it's time to renew their contract. Why? Because it drives up their price. I mean, this is management 101. So, well, you know, there's an offer of 900000 from this club for Nelson. Oh, you know, the Wallabies are coming in big. They want to, oh, Melbourne go cheap and want to keep it. We might have to up our price. Yeah, like shoot your shot, great, but uh, no, I don't think it'll happen. Mm, okay. Uh, Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten, uh, and I don't want to harp on this too much because I think people are getting a bit fatigued about this story. Yesterday spoke to the media for the first time following their arrests outside a Canberra nightclub on the weekend. I'm apologetic, obviously, and I really uh, just want people to know that, you know, obviously the game of rugby league is what it is, and um, and I just don't want to take that focus away from this week. He's both happy to be here and we can't wait to play. And uh, we just want to focus on the week and, uh, and keep enjoying it together. I don't know, would you hear about it if it wasn't Jack or another uh, Sean Mitchell? I'm very sorry to the club, you know. It's um, worked for the last five years to um, repay my last muck-up. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not what no one wanted. No one wanted to go home, I guess. And if he wasn't, wasn't on the town, it doesn't happen. And I think we've got to be smart on that. What I ascertained from what... Latrell Mitchell said there was, okay, yeah, we did the wrong thing. And, but you notice how he sort of tempered that by saying, well, if it wasn't Jack White, Latrell Mitchell, would we have heard about it? You know, that, that's his way of downplaying the incident. I absolutely accept that point. We probably would. If it was Dan Pettigrew, Julian King, no one would care. No one would know who we are. No one would give a rat's. But it's not. It's Jack White and Latrell Mitchell with a public profile. And when there's delicate negotiations going on between the players and the governing body, uh, reputational damage done in the long term, I don't think there's a lot of skin lost. But it's just a, I won't call it a scandal, but it's it's a hiccup that the game doesn't need at this stage. They should have known better. And no doubt they're remorseful for the actions. But uh, your man, Sticky, Ricky Stewart, he's been pretty impressed with Jack Wyden because he put his mates first. He told the Canberra Times, Ricky Stewart, I believe Jack Wyden, and what he described to me is just two cousins mucking around. Jack didn't want to leave Latrell in the situation he was in when he was asked to go. That's what I love about Jack. He puts his mates first. Because once it emerged that Mitchell was going to be moved to a nearby police lockup, Jack White reportedly used words to the effect of, if you're going to take him, you might as well take me. So, right, you go away, but he didn't want to leave his mate. So he stuck solid with Latrell. The charges consequently levelled at him. I get where Ricky's coming from. That's the foundation of a team, a footy team. You stick with your mates. Get back, your mate. Uh, yeah. Um, I always wonder how, what, when coaches uh, talk about their players publicly when they get into trouble, what's being said privately? Um, has, is he being as understanding of Jack privately? Um, or is he saying, come on, mate, this I, is... I'm still waiting for a, that's not his go. <laughs> Jack, well, that's not his go. Latrell, that's not his go. Kind of is their go. I, I think it's... Uh, Look, I think the best person, remember when Victor Radley, uh, you know, got in a bit of trouble and Robbo just came out and said, I'm really disappointed in him and just was so harsh on him in Uh. the media that it was such a disappointed dad moment. Like he didn't seem angry, but he was very disappointed. I thought, I always thought that was a really good approach. 
It's interesting. That sort of flies in the Alex Ferguson, the, the great football manager, Sir Alex, he was of the belief, and a lot of coaches adopt this mantra, is that you, you're rock solid in public. It's very different face in private, right? Mm-hmm. So, so your public face is you back them in, did a silly thing, but we'll support him. But privately, you could tear strips off them mm-hmm. if they wanted to. But any of that stuff behind closed doors. Yeah. Because you don't want to give anyone a sniff that there's some kind of rift within the club. Yeah, that's what I uh, wonder about too. And I mean, Jack Whiten has always been really close to Ricky Stewart as well. Like last time when he did the deal um, to stay in Canberra, he didn't look going anywhere else. He was wanting to stay with Ricky and with no. Canberra. So he they have a very close relationship. So perhaps in private there's been more being said. Call us on the Motorola open line. Summer breakfast, Julian King, Jaleesa Raps. So Vossi and Brandy back on deck next week. So Brandi in the building yesterday. He's looking fit. He's ready to go. He's been training the house down, Brandi. one 1170 Check out the latest smartphones from motorola.com.au. The texts are starting to fly through as well, JA 0457. 736, 736. We'll get to your messages after the break. Now to cricket. Uh, we presumed it would happen, and it did happen. Aaron Finch announced his retirement from international cricket. Just have a look at these figures, okay? So Finchy, five tests, 278 runs at, at 27.8, couple of 50s. They didn't fire in the test arena. And he was forced to open the batting when he was batting in the, the middle order for Victoria at the time. White ball cricket, outstanding numbers. 146 ODIs. 5,406 runs at 38.89. 1700s, 3050s, a high score of 153 not. 103 T20 internationals. 3,120 runs. 34.29 is his average. 200s, 1050s, a high score of 172. He's got two of the top three highest scores in T20 international cricket, a World Cup winning captain. I think underappreciated. I hope we know how good Aaron Finch was in that version, in the mm. white ball versions of the game. And Lockham McCurdy, J.R. who we spoke to on Monday, mm. uh, brought this to my attention. He said, one of the more outstanding facts about Aaron Finch's T20 international record is how good he was away from home. Average 34.28 in that format. Carried by an average of 42.39 across 42 away matches. No other T20 opener has scored more runs away from home. And no other T20 batter. Not just open his batter, has scored more than Finch's 1,611 runs at away venues, but did it at a strike rate of 157.32. So away from home, foreign conditions, mm. striking at 157, more runs than any other batter away in T20 history. Mm. Like that is elite. Mm. That is elite. And people probably don't know that about Aaron Finch, and that's why I wanted to bring it to your attention today because I don't want him to be remembered as uh, simply the guy that went on a year too long. I don't want him to be remembered for that. Because if you're holding aloft the World Cup in the UAE, try telling a World Cup winning captain that you shouldn't stick around for one more year to try and defend your title at home. You just want a World Cup. You're not going to sack the bloke, are you? You pick him just because he knows how to win a toss. The, the, mistake, the mistake that Cricket Australia made was leading into um, that World Cup where he was out of form. They backed him already for the next one. That that was the mistake. Yeah, but they're hanging. And then they kind of had hamstrung themselves when they so they had to sort of pick him for that next World Cup. Where let's be honest, he shouldn't have been. But granted, I I don't take anything away from his career, but I also don't think that when someone retires, it suddenly we can go look how great they like we can we can look at their career and reflect on how great they were. But then, I mean, the narrative leading up to us is he, he was there too long. Sure, but that's that's a passing comment in the scheme of things. In all honesty, like I said, he's a World Cup winning captain and he only got to wait a year to defend it again. So it's, it's a tough call to drop him. 
in hindsight, you know, you've got 2020 vision. You can all say, well, I would have dropped him. Well, we don't know at the time, but it's not just him. You can't hang our meek exit from our home World Cup on Aaron Finch's form. No, no one else would. The bowlers, the bowlers are rubbish. He didn't play Stark in Adelaide. No one really fired. No one fired. So you can't hang that on Aaron Finch. So well done to Aaron Finch. Uh, underappreciated. Uh, well done to him, but he'll still figure in the domestic form of the game. Who's going to succeed him as captain? That's the other question. Mitch Marsh has been floated, a West Australian captain. I don't mind that. Some are saying Zampa a bit left field. You know, Pat Cummins, I'd be happy to see Pat Cummins give up that form of the game, and I actually hope he does. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, another one. So now they've got a decision to make. Uh, who will succeed? Aaron Finch as the T20 captain. Of course, Pat Cummins, the 50-over captain. But I'm not sure that's going to be the case in the 20-over version of the game. And just before we get to the break, still on cricket, Jaleesa, Cameron Green's late bid to be fit for the first test is all but over. We think fractured fingers sustained in the Boxing Day test still causing problems. So there was talk that he's got to play, he'll bat, but he won't bowl. And then those who were a little more hopeful said, no, he may bowl, but now it looks like he'll be out alongside Josh Hazelwood. Yeah, that's a huge hit. Um, and obviously will definitely affect their bowling makeup when you don't have him there as kind of a another option for a quick. So there's two options to replace him in the middle order, uh, either Matt Renshaw or Peter Hanscom to reserve back. It, it has to be Renshaw. It will be Renshaw. They picked him in Sydney and they'll keep him now. After that final test match of the summer, we are up and running this Wednesday morning, 0457 736 736. And the NRL trial teams are in for the pre-season challenge, if you care about that. Some people like it. I couldn't give a, a rat's. You may be in the same camp as me, but there's about 40 people named for every team. Uh, who are you looking forward to seeing play? Is there any youngsters that perhaps we should keep our eye on that you think, okay, this, this person's pretty good? Just keep an eye you know, on these youngsters, see how they go, and lead up to season 2023. Summer breakfast, filling in for Vossi and Brandy. I'm Julian King. Jaleesa Apps is alongside me. one 1170 Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 1170am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.